Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Lainey Mays. And I'm Grace Catanolo. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. We bring librarians and great books together. Welcome and enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, everyone. It's Virginia Stanley from the Library Love Fest marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. I'm here today with Bill Gaithwaite, author of his debut novel, Underburn, which went on sale November 14th, 2023. Um, hi, Bill. Hey, hi, Virginia. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk about this book, which I absolutely love. Um, this is such a this is such a wonderful story with such great characters. Um, and um, so, before we dive in, let me do a quick bio so that you all know who Bill Gaithwaite is. Um, Bill Gaithwaite's short fiction has appeared in Subtropics, Chicago Quarterly Review, Puerto del Sol. December, Solstice, and many other publications. Bill's work can also be found in the anthologies Mudville Diaries, a book of baseball memories. Also, hashtag queer, LGBTQ plus creative anthology volumes one and two. Bill has worked at Columbia University since 2006, where he was on the staff of the Committee on Asia and the Middle East. He is currently the Assistant Director of Special Populations at Columbia Law School. Bill grew up in Boston and raised his son in New York City and its suburbs. He's an avid swimmer, a movie aficionado, which makes its way into this book, and football fan, which also makes its way into the book. And he lives in New Jersey with his partner, Tom. He's been writing stories since he was six years old. Underburn, as I said, is his debut novel. Bill. <laughs> It's so nice to meet you and talk to you about this book. Um, as I said, I just um, I just loved it. I, uh, this is about um, uh, a gay man, Frank, and his younger uh, boyfriend, Logan. They'd been renting a home in California, and the devastating wildfires uh, chased them from their home, destroyed their home, and um, into the uh, into the doors and the arms, sort of of Frank's mother, Iris, who was a former B-list actress, and she offers them temporary shelter uh, from this horrific thing that's happened. Um, and that's just the beginning of the story. So <laughs> time for me to stop talking and you to start talking. So Bill, do you wanna sort of give a general overview, let readers know what you want them to know um, so that they'll go pick up Underburn and dive into this really wonderful story. Well, thanks for that introduction, Virginia. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, I love writing the book. It was a real joyful experience for me to write the book. Um, it, it is a family story. And as you mentioned, it it, it uh, centers on Frank and Logan and uh, Iris, the, the mom. Um, the first part of the book is about this kind of, hopefully done in a comical way, 
um, the difficulties of living together, people thrown together in a in a situation, a difficult situation, in a crisis situation, and trying to uh, um, you know that the novel shifts from you know perspective shifts perspectives, and so you're you're seeing that the difficulties of that of people living together in difficult circumstances, and then uh, I was received some urgent news from Maine, which is where she grew up, and she fled 50 years earlier from the potato farm where. Uh, where she was born, and um, she convinces the guys to go with her, uh, go east to uh, sort of confront uh, her uh, strange sister and brother-in-law who are raising their 12-year-old granddaughter. Uh, so the second half of the book kind of opens up. We meet new characters. There's some new storylines that happen as well. Um, so, uh, and I was interested in, in, in writing the book and having it take place on, 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 on the two coasts, um, kind of maybe highlighting the differences in the characters and, and, uh, uh, and, and kind of that, the journey really of, uh, uh, of Iris, who had started in Maine, goes to California, comes back to Maine. Um, and uh, so it, it is a family story. I think it's, I'd love, love to believe it's a, a relatable story because it is told from many perspectives and it's a multi-generational story. Right. I love the way you um, you wrote the. So we were saying before that the book is almost a, like a two-parter because the first half is all about uh, Frank, who is a forty-something-year-old man who has to go back to his mother's house with his much younger boyfriend and um, and just stay there while they figure out what to do about devastating loss of of their home, which they which they rented and they didn't own it. And that causes a whole nother host of problems. But <laughs> um, but the bigger problem, well, not problem, but right off the bat, you know that there is, um, there's, a, there's tension. There's tension between Frank and his mother um, and, um, and, and Logan, who is honestly a very likable, the more I read, the more I liked him. I just thought he was so well-intentioned, you know? And I think... Frank's mother's, you know, sort of, you know, she's not putting up with him in the beginning. She's really got her dukes up about him. Well, I, I, I like that assessment, Virginia. I appreciate it because with Logan, who in the, uh, is a featured extra on a, a television show geared to teenagers, and he's very aware of the social media aspects of the show. And as, as you implied, um, uh, Iris doesn't suffer fools well, and she has this kind of culture clash uh, with Logan who is actually, I believe, a likable character, but it takes Iris a, a little while to kind of see, see past some of the outside um, uh, you know, characteristics that, that Logan has. Uh, but he is almost, Logan looks at the world in, in somewhat of a wide-eyed, uh, clear-eyed clear way. Um, he is uh, more than he appears, and, and hopefully that comes across as the, as the book goes along. Yes, there's definitely depth to him that at first you kind of don't see. And what I what I liked about uh, the way you wrote the book is each um, each character you you sort of give their background um, without disconnecting them from the other characters. You know, it's and it's like oh, this is so interesting to see. Like, okay, what's their backstory? You know, because everybody's got one. And so why are they? the way they are now, what's happened in their past, their childhood, you know, and Logan's childhood, good God, that was no fun for him. And so 
it's really, um, I love that because there's a reason why they are the way they are. And there's more to, if you can crack the shell, you see more. Well, I mean, I think that's what, and I appreciate that. Um, that is kind of what I was going after. I mean, in the books that I admire the most, um, books by um, uh, Joan Silver or Elizabeth Strout um, and Sue Miller does this, a number of people do this or try to do this where, you know, you see that the choices that people make or the paths not taken, you know, they, they kind of add up to who we become today. And I, I really did have, with all the characters, try to have the past intrude on the present with kind of all the characters and see how they were defined and also see how they, they take that information and they can um, kind of move on. And, and so in, in many ways, I think one of the themes of the book is making peace with the past um, and, um, and, and trying to move forward in, in kind of a spirit of forgiveness and, 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 and positivity. And choices. You, you talk a lot about the, or the characters talk about the choices that they make or the choices that they don't make. And, and sometimes, I mean, let's talk about Iris for a second. I mean, she's kind of a blast. You know, she's, she's, she's got this, she's got this history, you know, and, and being sort of this, this, um, this B, B, what's it like a B, what do they call it? A, oh, a, B, B, yeah, B, a B television actress, a, a B actress, uh, somebody who was really, who never became, never was really a star, never had their own TV series, but they were a working actor. Um, somebody who was able to support themselves, but not in any kind of uh, luxurious way. So the first half of Iris's career is as, as an actress in television. She's getting parts and those things start to dry up as she gets a bit older and kind of the cruel way that Hollywood does. Um, and uh, she then uh, segues into real estate. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of, of Iris and the choices she makes, um, she is somebody who's also a very, not somebody who wants to look back and is very a practical, very, someone who's a very self-sufficient person, not somebody who's mourning her losses, but um, certainly the choices that she has made have, have, have influenced with who she is. And, and, and interestingly with, with, with Iris, the way that I found that character uh, was I was watching a, a uh, video on, on YouTube of Nancy Sinatra singing her hit, uh, These Boots Are Made For Walking, and with her, her backup dancers. And it is, I just, I recommend it to anyone who really wants to see that because it's, it's really a hoot and it's great. It's great in many ways. Um, but I looked at the backup dancers and I started thinking, wow, I wonder what ever happened to these backup dancers. And this is something that I do um, to, uh, to, the, to the annoyance of my partner sometimes where I'll like pause a film and say, what happened to that person who's in the background um, with the extras? Uh, you know, I'm wondering where are they now? And it, at the same, right, right around the same time, I had friends who had tragically lost their home to a, a wildfire. Um, and they had moved in with elderly parents and were trying to make the best of it. And they were telling me some funny stories about, about that, um, kind of heroically, considering they were going through such a difficult, sad time. And I created a microfiction piece for them, which I sent to them by text. So really Underburn started as a text, which is kind of funny. But, um, but Iris, the character, came to me really from watching um, the Nancy Sinatra video. I'm wondering what would have happened to perhaps this backup dancer this many years later has been impacted by this uh, Southern California wildfire. So that kind of got the plot moving. 
Um, but uh, but Iris, as you say, I mean, she's uh, I, I, I enjoyed writing her. She was in my head a lot. Um, I would sometimes imagine things that Iris would say while I was experiencing the world. <laughs> so uh, she was fun to write. I I don't know who you have in your head. Should this be made into um, a film? <laughs> but well, you know what? You go first. You have somebody. Uh, uh, you know. It's so interesting with that because the people who've read the book have been very kind, you know, saying even the idea of that, which of course it's so uh, unlikely. I mean, it's very few movies really get made from, from, I mean, it seems like a lot get made, but really when you think of the number of books and the number of movies, it's, it's not that likely. I've had different, I've had people tell me Gene Smart. Um, mm. I've had people um, mention Jamie Lee Curtis. I've had, um, one that did come to me, which I think would make, which would be really interesting to me because I'm a huge fan, is Jessica Lange. Um, so, uh, so it's it's curious. It's it's I try not to let myself think about that, um, but it is kind of a fun a fun thing to do. Manifest it, Bill. <laughs> That's what I need to do, Virginia. I, <laughs> I can see, like even when you write, sort of this, like the second the second looks, like the second takes. When somebody says something wacky, it's like, what? I mean, I can see it. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to read. And it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It runs, it runs in my head um, as a, as a, as a film. I can, oh, I actually was thinking of um, Holland Taylor. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, so, okay. So we've got, again, such wonderful characters. So, so fully drawn out. Um, and you get the first half of the the story, which is them all, Iris and Logan and Frank trying to sort of connect or reconnect or just stay out of each other's way. And I sort of like the way because, um, uh, well, the, these boots are made for walking. Like Logan just loses his mind when he realizes, like he's sort of been mocking her in a way like, oh, this is your, this is your headshot or whatever. And then when he finds out, he knew it. I mean, he was like, you were in that? You were in that video? What? And then they're just like, you know, and then the train goes off, the, you know. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's true. No, that is, and there is a moment, it's really with the, with the, the Logan Iris conversations in the book, um, I think that they, um, you really do hopefully see the characters um, fleshed out in the actual conversations that they do have as they start to kind of be aware of each other and they understand the, Logan is, you know, uh, 25 years old, and and Iris is 73, and um, this uh, they had very different backgrounds, different approaches to life, and yet they do find this common some common ground um, that they're able to to really kind of I, I think by the end of the book admire each other and like each other. And the, one of the bonds between them, other than you know, loving theater or loving movies and the entire you know in the bigger picture, the the entertainment industry and sort of their, you know, their um, relationship with that uh -huh. is their love for Frank uh -huh. and their concern for him because uh -huh. he's got, he's got things that have happened. Yeah. Frank hasn't had an easy, hasn't had an easy time. I think that, that he's uh, had somewhat of a troubled existence, but he's also somebody who's putting one foot in front of the other and trying to go forward. Um, and so I think another theme to the book really is resilience and how you know it takes a lot. I mean, life is is challenging, and uh, Frank has had more than his share of challenges. And he, um, uh, you know, and also I think in many ways um, questions 
everything around him kind of when is the next shoe going to drop he gets into that kind of um uh, uh, place but um it, it it's you know the the catalyst in terms of the, the fire actually brings people closer together these sometimes as crises can do um can 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 get people to kind of see things in a different perspective right and that is um that that goes through the whole book so the the second half of the book when now they go to maine mm -hmm. because something has happened and um then iris wants them to come with her um and then you meet this whole other cast of characters and i don't want to i don't want to give away too much because the joy is in the read but i those relationships with those characters are so the, the the emotions whatever they are are so palpable and really just you're sort of flipping the pages going what am i reading right now what's happening here and it's it's really wonderful and real thank you um, I appreciate yeah that. yeah i also uh you know, want to make sure that people know that while there is all this going on and there's, you know, there's these interpersonal relationships that are a, little, a bit all over the place, there's also some real fun humor, um, you know, quips and funny things that they say to each other. Um, I'll say one that I, one that I had written down was when that, well, Iris, do you want to talk about Iris sort of, you know, um, giving Logan sort of, you know, the, the her edu the education of of movies the, film the ones he's never right. seen well i think it, it, it in the book um iris becomes aware that logan as a as a 25 year old doesn't necessarily have the strongest knowledge of um the, the history of film um which surprises her and also concerns her because she says you know he's making a living in the field it would be i think she you know thinks it would be like studying to be a psychiatrist and never having heard of Freud because Logan lets it slip that he doesn't has never seen a Betty Davis movie and doesn't really know who she is, which horrifies uh, you know, uh, Iris. But Iris then decides to take it on herself to provide an education to Logan. And she um, has uh, DVR'd a number of films off uh, Turner Classic Movies. And she kind of sets him up. And, and, and every day they see, a well, well, those early days when they're staying with her, um, sets up uh, it, kind of a screening room, which is really just the living room where they have a big TV, and she sits and explains um, films um, to to Logan, and Logan is um, you know very receptive to it, um, and in, and but Frank kind of opts out, you know, having said, I've already graduated from the Iris Film and you know Society and Lecture Series, um, I'm not doing any more of this because he's grown he's grown up like that with 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 Iris being very. Uh, uh, you know, she, she loves film. Film was very important to her, obviously, and she came to Hollywood because of that. But she um, um, also wants people to have, she, she wants to share that knowledge. So she's going to do it. And, and as you pointed out, she's a very acerbic person. There's a lot of um, quips is the right word for it. I mean, she's, <laughs> you know, I think my editor had me, you know, slow those down a little bit because uh, Iris uh, would tend to quip about everything. But uh, but she's, uh, as I said, she was a fun character for that for that reason. There's one sentence in here where um, they're watching now Voyager, mm -hmm. and it's the scene where Betty Davis, uh, you know, accepts the the um, the other character lights the two cigarettes in his mouth, and he hands one to Betty Davis, and Logan's watching this with her, and he goes, "Oh, yuck, smoking," and she says, "Jesus, Logan, it was 1943. Everybody smoked then. Children were going through a pack a day. It was a different time. Get over yourself." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that pretty much encapsulates Iris. I'd say that mine probably pretty much does it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Can we talk a little bit about? Um, so, I mean, again, we, we we can't talk about the book too much because, again, the joy is in the read. But there are so many things that are uh, that you touch on and um, and uh, rehab um, struggles. Let's just say that and mm -hmm. um, and interfam and you know interfamilial um, issues, um, aging choices, whatnot. And it's all it all just flows so beautifully. I'd like to to hear you talk a little bit about your influences you wrote a wonderful post that we have on library love fest which people should go read because it's just so lovely um and um but do you want to talk a little bit about your 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 parents as influencers um yeah i mean i i was i was really grateful to be able to write that post and because it got me back thinking about my parents and and um, you know, specifically about the importance of libraries um, to my parents. Um, I uh, grew up outside of Boston, um, just outside, and um, my parents were both great readers. Um, they read every day. Um, they always had a book. My father used to carry a book with him. He would always have, you know, a book to read on the train when he commuted, or uh, my mother was, um, you know, would have a stack of, of books that she read. Uh, she, uh, we didn't have a library in my elementary school, um, and she started the library in my elementary school um, when I uh, was there. And she continued as a volunteer, the chief volunteer at the library, even after I left the elementary school. After I was in the middle school and high school, she was still there. But it's a very happy memory I have because she would, I would see her in the halls or go to the, going to the library. She would be there, be very happy in her work. Um, my dad um, was a great reader. Uh, we didn't have a lot of extra money to buy books, so we went to the library, and he he really treated these like a trip to the ball game. Like he was excited to go to the library. Come on, we're going to the library. I mean, it was it was a treat. Uh, when my sisters and I got our library cards, it was treated as that was a celebration. That was a that was almost like getting your driver's license because you got your library card. Um, and my dad uh, also just the way my dad cared for books, like you. You just had to be, take care of your books, and um, and you would never um, you would never have a late an overdue library book. That was you had to be respectful to get your library books back on time. That was a big deal in my house. Um, so I think in in it, and they were both great storytellers, uh, maybe because they were such great readers, but very different people. Um, but they would tell wonderful stories, and it was a huge influence on me. Just I think as a writer, I did I did start writing stories when I was six. Um, I um, feel that they they both encourage that. They both, um, you know, you know, really uh, got me got me started thinking about reading and started thinking about stories because you'd sit around the kitchen table and they would tell stories from their own past or from something that they had read. They were both very political as well. So, but on kind of opposite sides of the political spectrum, which was interesting. Um, so there were lively discussions at the kitchen table and, and, and lively stories told. So uh, I was very lucky like that um, to have that influence when I was growing up. Mm, that's, that's wonderful. Very interesting that they were so, uh, they had different political views. So that must have made for, you know, really for, for an interesting, uh, interesting conversation. So, and especially as a child to, to see how, you know, maybe sometimes it gets heated, maybe sometimes it doesn't, but in the end, these are your parents, and they they have their own opinions about things. But that's a great, 
No, it's it was interesting. I mean, I, I think that they were, um, you know, certainly really opinionated. But my mother used to keep a file cabinet, so she would keep the, she would tear the. So if there was a particularly, she she had a particular dislike for President Nixon, and so she would, if my father said something, she, he she would quote Nixon, and he would say he never said that, and she would go to the file cabinet. Of course, this is long before the internet, and she would find the newspaper clipping that she had kept in the file cabinet and put it in front of my father and say, no, on this date, he said this. Um, and yeah, so we witnessed those things. As a really little kid, I was, you know, the engagement of that was was very, very interesting. Yeah, and yeah. it's, that's a great, I mean, that's a great story to tell, but and a, a really cool memory. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. They were, they were uh, amazing people, very different people, but um, very, uh, very interesting people to grow up around. <laughs> well, I think that they, you know, would be so proud um, because this book is in the hands now of readers. You know, we were oh, saying. I, I, I think they really would be. I think it would mean so much to them, the importance of libraries to them, um, that I would actually have a book that could be in a library is amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I know they would be too. Yeah, for sure. Um, is Bill, I again because we don't want to say too much, and we want the joy to be in the read, and it is a joy. So please get out and get this book because it's a you, there's not there's actually not a good place to stop at this point. <laughs> I think. Um, is there anything that um, is there anything else that you want to say that we haven't touched on? Because you know this is this is it. We can do this. No, I mean, this is such, I mean, it, I really appreciate it. I, 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 as I said, I just appreciate the opportunity. I do think, uh, as I said, I think a little bit earlier, but I, I'll say it again, that the, the book is, I think, relatable to a lot of different readers, a lot of different people. Um, it's uh, because it is this, it's a multi-generational story and it is does shift perspective. So hopefully you get the sense of um, everybody kind of dealing with um, their own situations and their, their, their unique ways. And um, I appreciate that you you mentioned the humor of the book because I do think there are some serious things certainly that happen in the book and there's some sad things that happen in the book, but um, I think it's tempered with humor, uh, hopefully, and, um, and compassion. And um, I, I, you know, by the end of the book, I think that the characters change because they want to change and because there's there's reason for that. So it, I, I think that the the journey of the book, as I said, it was a it was a joyful thing to write. I hope it's a joyful book to read so it is a joyful book to read and i'm i'm glad that you said that um because they're the characters range from the 13 year old girl who's hmm. like starstruck at meeting this you know this 25 year old celebrity and all she's telling all her friends and then you go to these older generations of, in the family and what and what they've had to deal with um hmm. in their lives in their town um, where, um, you know, progress has sort of changed the face of the town that they go back to in, in Maine. I mean, there's really a lot here and there is a lot for everybody. And I loved, I loved uh, Joe. I thought Joe was a great character. Really, really appreciated him a lot. He kind of told it, told it like it was. And you'll have to read the book to find out who Joe is. <laughs> I uh, would like to, you have several great quotes here. A lovely review from Kirkus, which compares you um, this book with shades of Ann Tyler or Elizabeth Strout, calling it a, a fine debut. Lovely. Um, quotes from David Levitt and Christopher Castellani. Uh, there's this one quote from Natalie Jenner, author of the Jane Austen Society, 
Um, and she calls us a wonderfully engaging tale of both family and the underside of fame. Um, Bill Gaithwaite's debut novel, Underburn, mirrors the deceptive richness of the very generational ties it so charmingly explores, the long memories, conflicts big and small, surprisingly pivotal moments, and rediscovered bonds. One rarely encounters characters drawn with such candor, warmth, and humanity. You will gladly cheer and care for everyone as they seek to make peace with the past while risking it all for a brand new future. I love that quote. No, it's it's so, I mean, it touched me so much. And and the the the, the writers that were kind enough to read the book and and found those things to write, I it meant so much to me coming from them because these are all people I admire so much. So I, I was very touched by that. It was like, I'm just very grateful. Well, I'm grateful that you wrote it. And <laughs> I'm very, um, I, it's an honor to read this book and to pass, pass the word on to others to please pick up a copy of Underburn. It just went on sale in November. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a story for everybody. And I, I think I'll just, we'll leave it at that. And thank you so much, oh, Bill. Virginia, that was so kind of you. I really appreciate it. And this is this has really been a joy to talk to you. Same here. It's been an honor, truly. Oh, thank you. Um, well, anyway, that's it. Uh, we will uh, have another podcast next uh, month. But in the meantime, um, get a copy, sit back, relax, and get lost in, this, in the pages of this really wonderful story. So thank you very much. And we'll... Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest, on Instagram and TikTok at Harper Library. And you can always give us a call and leave us a message you might end up on the show. That number is 212-207-7773. Be sure to rate and review us and share the show with a friend. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.